Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode. I'm Anthony Bartolo, joined as always by Jason Hand. Jason, how's it going? Hey, Anthony. It's going quite well. I had a really great weekend. Got to see some family. Got to spend a little time outdoors. Even saw a little live music, uh, socially distanced, of course. But it felt really good to, to yeah, be outside. I'm feeling refreshed and, and ready for another great show. How about you? With our umpteenth wave of snow being melted finally again, uh, been able to go outside, enjoy the weather as well, did a little bit of mountain biking, uh, played a little bit of basketball. It's, it's, uh, it was a great sunny weekend. Shorts on, it was good times. Um, a lot of discussion over the weekend about HoloLens, uh, especially over LinkedIn, which was really interesting. And I wanted to share that with you. Yeah, you, you had mentioned that uh, in our pre-call, and uh, you know, we last week or a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting about the Hololens, but also I picked up an Oculus Quest and talking about how how fun that's been. Um, I, it sounds like you you've been playing around with the Hololens quite a bit, and um, you know, in terms of deploying these things, it seems like it's pretty straightforward if you're familiar with Windows. Uh, is that am I understanding that right? Well, that that's correct, right? And that's why I've been playing with it uh, so frequently. There's a lot of talk now in regards to deploying the HoloLenses into medical situations, educational, engineering, you name it. And the next question then comes up is, well, how complicated is are these devices to deploy uh, in midst our organizations? Can I, you know, make it follow the same security policies and management requirements that I have for other devices? And what's great is, like you said, it's it's a Windows 10 device. Uh, in essence, it's a hands-free mixed reality Windows 10 device. So the same type of functionality in terms of management and security and deployment capabilities that you you, you would use for your tools, uh, Azure Active Directory, uh, Intune management through um, um, endpoint management, security uh, uh, protocols, as well as Windows 10 auto enrollment, which is awesome. I can just, the device boots up for the first time and it automatically pushes out all the applications that's required for the device itself. Um, just quickly created a new video that takes all the resources that we just talked about quickly together, uh, which is available and we'll provide a link in our show notes that you can go forward and you know just watch the video and, and see what parts are required to actually deploy your HoloLens at your organization, which is cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on one. I was telling you, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, right when the, the first HoloLens was out, I had uh, I had been given a, a, a test one to start developing on, and I actually didn't have the time or the means really to do too much with it. So I handed it off to another person on our team, and they've had a lot of fun uh, building out some apps. So uh, yeah, I got I'm gonna have to get my hands on one of these things. It sounds like uh, you know the Quest is great, but uh, to be able to actually you know you know use some of the Windows uh, applications and and do some of my work and I don't know just kind of play around with some of the things that we're you know starting to see out there. In the real world uh, is really exciting. So, looking forward to that. So, what do we got on the show today? So, we've got to, we've got our same cast back. It's going to be another great show. We've got Kayla Brooks, who's going to be with us, uh, chatting to us about some new stuff. Well, it's not new stuff. It's always new to me. It's not new to to Microsoft Teams, but she'll be showing us some things uh, around Microsoft Teams and some things you can do with chat. Uh, we've got another special guest with us, Christopher, who's going to be talking to us about sustainable software engineering. And then Michael is back, of course, to show us some Power Automate and some different learn modules that uh, I didn't know were out there. I'm really excited to go jump into. And then, as always, Diego is going to end the, the show with some really interesting stories for us. So I'm hearing that the Microsoft Green segment this time is going to be steam powered. So how <laughs> green is that? Right? It's pretty yeah. cool. And, and it's it's something where, you know, Again, sustainability of green means that it's you're using all types of uses of energy uh, to run things. So it's going to be a very interesting segment. Uh, so 
Jason, you want to set us up for our next segment? Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. So let's just get right to it. So let's head over now and, and chat with our good friend, Kayla Brooks. And she's going to uh, show us a little bit about what we can do over in chat in Microsoft Teams. Uh, hi, Kayla. How are you doing? I'm good, Jason. How are you? I, you know, I, I can't complain. I was telling Anthony when we got started here, it was a really great weekend. The weather was nice. So feeling refreshed and yeah, ready to dive in today. What do you got for us? I love to hear that. So before I get into it, first, I have a question for you. So tell me, what do you do with chat and teams? I feel like this is a trick question, uh, but I'm just, I'm just going to answer straightforward. <laughs> I, I I just straight up use chat as chat. Uh, I've tried to just be very clear with what I'm asking or what I'm sharing <laughs> with people. And uh, yeah, just kind of treat it just like I would any other chat. But uh, I feel like there's a, there's a different answer you're looking for. Well, that's a great answer. Um, a lot of people probably have a similar one. And that's a great start, but you can actually do a lot more. We all love chat, obviously, for its ease and sending someone a quick message versus email. But Teams chat can do so much more than just send a note. It can become its own little mini workspace for you and your colleagues if you need it. For example, my meetings with my team are a recurring invite, and that means the chat history remains from all the previous meetings. So we use it all the time. And sometimes we need to work with each other throughout the week, not for anything major. So it may not be necessary to make a channel post or use a team site. Instead, we just work right in chat. So let me show you. Let's say I'm working with a partner on a conference and I need to get documented approval from some of my teammates in order to proceed with the order. I can use the approvals app right inside chat to do this. I can indicate the approvers who have to be members of the chat and I can determine if I need one person to sign off or if it requires a response from each individual person. I can add details about the request and even attach a file, like maybe a PDF with a contract or whatever is needed. I can also make custom responses. And so instead of someone just saying approve or reject, they can say maybe because they need more time. And I can set all of that up right in chat. And as a side note, like with any other app in Teams, you have to enable the permissions before you use it, but then you're all set up to start sending approvals. Okay. Well, that seems pretty straightforward. And uh, once again, you're showing me things I didn't know you could even do within Teams. But well, I've got a question for you. What does it look like if I'm the one who needs to be uh, you know, doing the approval? That is a great question. I will show you. So here you can see the other end of the request. Looks pretty similar, but now I have the buttons to approve. From this view, I can view the details, provide my sign-off, and I can even leave comments for others to see. Also, it's real time. So if you give it a couple seconds, it'll update with who has already responded, whose response is outstanding. So I don't have to wonder who I'm waiting for. And it makes working with teams so simple. Also, fun fact, coming soon, you can actually e-sign directly in the approvals app in Teams, which makes it even more simple. Okay. Yeah, I love all these different things you're showing us. And honestly, you know, I tell people like Teams is kind of my brain or at least the memory portion of my brain. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not just the persistent chat and the conversations. It's my calendar. It's, you know, it's, it's where my files are stored. It's so many things. So uh, once again, you're sharing some really interesting things with us. What, what are some other stuff that you can show us? 
Well, just like you mentioned, similar to channels, um, I'll show you there is a file library at the top and tabs at the top. So just like channels where you can add your apps, let's say there is a Power BI, a stream video, a website, whatever. It makes collaborating super simple. Um, and we've talked about installing apps and tabs plenty of times before, so I won't bore you with the details. The moral story is it's exactly the same, except you can do it all in chat, which makes it super simple to connect and collaborate with your colleagues beyond just sending a quick message. Okay. Yeah, I love this. And, and honestly, to me, it, it's it helps me kind of get away from my, you know, from my inbox, from email, because this is where <laughs> I, the collaboration happens in real time. Um, I think that's, you know, shouldn't say it's the future because it really is the way a lot of people work today. Most of the people on my team, they prefer to have those conversations in chat in real time, even if you're in a different part of the world, different time zone, people have expectations around when they can meet up with you, when they can hear back from you. But um, to be able to have all of this stuff, including applications built right in is, is so powerful. So thank you again, Kayla, for sharing all these nifty tips and tips and tricks with us again. Absolutely. Anthony, what do you think about that? I love that it's organically embedded, right? So you don't have to go through separate applications to get an approval done. You can do it right in chat. I think that's awesome. Yep. So let's jump into our next segment. It's Microsoft Green Time. And today we got another special guest coming in to talk about sustainable software engineering. Uh, please welcome Christopher Mano. Christopher. We're here to talk about sustainable software in our first steam-powered Microsoft Green episode. Uh, so what can you tell us about the differences between sustainable software engineering and software for sustainability? Sure. So sustainable software engineering is a new practice that um, aims to uh, build and run sustainable software applications. So applications that are conscious of the resources they use, while software for sustainability is a type of softwares that help uh, people doing sustainability work. So for example, uh, when you do sustainable software engineering, uh, you need to work on application um, and you need to change architecture uh, decisions to be more conscious of the network you're using uh, because it's uh, one of the great way to reduce the uh, impact or, of the uh, conception of resources uh, from an application is to think about the network. It costs a lot to transmit data. Uh, you can also change the architecture to, uh, for example, run things uh, less often uh, that uh, you should uh, initially do, or you can also uh, take into consideration the grid. So for example, running background jobs uh, when the electricity grid is powered by renewable energies and not on the night uh, when we are using uh, not renewable energies. So in essence, sustainable software engineering is for the consumption of energy to create a solution and the software for sustainability affects um, an outcome or affects you know the world around us. What can yeah. you share in terms of an example of this? Sure. Uh, since more than a year, almost two years now, Microsoft is partnering with uh, Surfrider uh, Foundation, uh, which is an NGO who try to protect the oceans. Uh, in one of their key initiatives, uh, which is Plastic Origins. Plastic Origins project aims to create a map of the plastic pollution in the rivers uh, with the aim uh, or the hope that uh, if we manage to catch the plastic pollution at the river level, so before we reach the ocean, 
uh, it will be much more efficient to catch uh, rather than when the plastic in the uh, ocean is too big to be catch. Uh, so we're working on with them to create software and AI uh, to help them uh, create this uh, uh, map of plastic pollution in rivers. So it's almost two minutes to tea time. Can you talk a little bit about how the AI is being used to detect the plastic along the, the water's edge? Yeah, sure. So the aim is to uh, scale their existing solution. So right now they are uh, sending volunteers on kayak uh, going onto the rivers and uh, using a paper and a pen to write down each GPS coordinate uh, when uh, they spot uh, uh, plastic trash. So we want to help them to scale uh, this. Um, and our end goal is to place cameras uh, onto boats uh, and to use these uh, cameras to automatically uh, detect, count, and um, geolocate uh, trash. So we've created with them uh, and with all the partners, a uh, bunch of applications. Um, there is a mobile application so people can take picture of uh, plastic trash in the nature, in the riverbanks. Uh, so we get a data set uh, to train our AI. We've created a platform, an online website, uh, where volunteers can help us label these images. Uh, so we have uh, the images, but also we know what's inside these images. Uh, and we have already uh, shipped the first version of the AI uh, that works on, on videos and on, on like action cameras videos uh, to start counting uh, the, the trash. And, and we plan to uh, improve uh, this AI uh, in the future by collecting more images. And all of this work is open source, so you can join the project offline uh, if you just want a sneak peek of uh, how we do it or if you want to uh, participate. Let's bring Jason back. Christopher, thank you very much. Uh, awesome segment. First steam-powered segment on Hello World. So awesome. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, this is great stuff. You know, Christopher, it's always great to have you, uh, you know, working with us and sharing some of the things that are happening. And, and you know, it's such, such important work to be able to go out there and, and you know, help clean up the oceans, clean out everything. You know, we're such messy, messy people. Um, so it's really <laughs> important that we, you know, do everything we can. So thank you, Christopher, and, and everything that, you know, you've told us about today. Now, last week, Michael Crum shared five uh, modules with us in regards to new identity modules on Microsoft Learn. And I'm hearing that this week, he's going to be sharing five Microsoft 365 modules, which I love because it's all hands-on uh, hands learning and it's all free. And he's going to share the new five modules that have been launched from Microsoft 365 for everybody to take advantage of on Microsoft Learn. So take it away, Michael. Thank you very much uh, for having me back on the show again today. Yes, I have brought with me again another five sets of modules. And this time, we are going to be focusing on the Power Platform product family. So there's like Power Apps and a couple of other things that's in there. So I'm excited to share these with you. Let's just go ahead and roll the video. All right. First up is all about exploring Power Apps. Maybe you don't know exactly what Power Apps are. And so this is a great place to start. So you're going to learn a little bit more about Power Apps and how to do things such as like connect to different like data sources, create, test, and monitor, and then even run these Power App applications, which is a low-code or no-code solution. So as well as doing that, you're going to learn how to do things like describe Power Apps functionality uh, and then how that you can integrate it and make it part of your business uh, components. You'll learn how to do things such as manage the Power Apps environment 
and something called the Power Apps Admin Center, which is pretty cool. And you can also use that with Windows PowerShell and a few other additional things here. Number two is going to be all about exploring the Power Platform. So in this one, we're going to talk a little bit about the key features of Microsoft's Power Platform and provide an induction, uh, introduction to the components that make it up. You're going to learn how to implement the Power Platform Center of Excellence Starter Kit. That sounds pretty amazing there. Uh, you'll be able to do some other things in here, such as describe some of the basic features of the Power, Platform, Power Platform Admin Center, as well as for our security folks, uh, dive into the Power Platform Security Module. Um, next up is all about sharing some of the best practices for email in SharePoint along with Power Automate. So even though there's tons of different means of communications, emails are still considered the primary and one of the official ones. So uh, whether you're making an electronic approval or just attaching documents, there's a couple of things that you're going to need to do, especially for your business. So with Power Automate flows, you could do things such as monitor incoming emails. You can send emails on behalf of someone format the body of an email, and then even use something called the approval connector that allows you to, uh, that allows the approval process for emails to work a little bit easier. Next up, number four is all about interacting with data using web requests with HTTP connectors in Power Automate. So HTTP connectors, they use REST services that allow users to directly uh, interact with data by using web requests. So this allows flow makers to tap into the full potential of what the web service has to offer in a secure manner and still use Power Automate flows. This module will focus on both the built-in and the premium HTTP connectors. As always, you can check your knowledge and we will be adding some additional links in there for some other resources. Last up is all about best practices for error handling in Power Automate flows. So this is about getting notifications when your flow has failed because of an error. It's critical to maintaining business continuity. Um, also, the notifications should provide the cause of the error to help resolve it quickly. So this module is going to focus on how you can use the configure run after. It's an option that's uh, currently available to help you isolate errors it also provides the built-in error reports. So this allows you to gain insights uh, into your flow actions and to also learn a little bit more on how you would handle those errors using Power Automate Analytics. So just like last week, each and every one of these links is always included in the show notes. There's a link that's available for that. And while you're there, go ahead and check out and explore some of the other modules. I've been pulling out just some of the five best of of the last usually a couple of weeks. There's so much more information that's already that's already out there. And you can go in and you can uh, check that out and enjoy it. Well, I think that's about it for my time here with you today. I'm going to head back over to uh, Jason and Anthony. The floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. This is great. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of Power Automate and Logic Apps, and I think it's really great to see that we've got some learn modules in there because they're so flexible and so you know powerful. You can build custom applications without really having to know too much code. 
um, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's the fastest way not to just do, uh, you know, proof of concept stuff, Anthony, but actually, you know, build some real production level stuff uh, without having to write a single line of code in many cases. So yeah, it's awesome to see that stuff pop up more and more over and learn. Oh yeah. No, you know, power platform is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, with the time we have left, we'll, let's uh, go ahead and visit with our good friend, Diego. He's always got some really interesting stories to tell. And today he's going to be talking to us, I think, uh, giving us a little story about butterflies. Hi, Diego. How are you doing? Hello, Jason. Hello, Anthony. And hello, world. Yes, today we're going to talk about butterflies. As you know, I've been collecting stories on these walls for the last two decades, time that I spent at Microsoft. And I use it to, sh to nurture my own sense of wonder, but also to share it with you, world. And today I want to show you a picture that reminds me of the mistake I made the first time that I became a people manager at Microsoft, the first time I was given a team, the opportunity to lead a team. And it's a picture right here of a thing called chrysalis. Chrysalis is the shell where a caterpillar, insect caterpillar goes in to become a butterfly. So caterpillar goes into this thing and he spends weeks, sometimes months. Actually, his body goes into liquid and then it gets formed again as a butterfly. And this picture is upside down, actually. It's supposed to be hanging from the top, which goes to show life is not perfect and that's okay. Now, why is this uh, a reminder that of a mistake I made as a new time manager because of a story I heard when I was a kid. And that is that there was this, this woman who lo loved to work on her backyard and he would arrange the flowers and the plants. And she saw a, a chrysalis, this, this butterfly in the pupa stage. That's what it's called when it's in there, the pupa stage. And he saw that he was struggling and struggling for hours and hours trying to get out. It was time for the, for the larva, the butterfly to come out. He made a little, a little hole and he was trying, but she would go into the house, come out. The butterfly still struggling. So she had a good heart. She wanted to help. So with very carefully with scissors, she cut the shell open and let the butterfly out. Unfortunately, the way that the nature was designed is that the butterfly needs that struggle to build those muscles, to pump liquid into the wings uh, to be able to fly. So all that struggle that the butterfly is doing to get out is actually good for the butterfly. So the story ends that the butterfly was never able to fly. He just had to crawl on the floor because the, the shell was um, cut too soon. A few things about this story. Um, as a manager, I, I tended to overprotect my employees. When I was managing a new team, I wanted to protect them from stress and, and, and I would try to give them small tasks at the beginning. And it was a mistake because they were they got bored. They were they felt underutilized. These are smart people that we hire and they want big challenges. So true empowerment is not protecting them. True empower them is to believe in them, to trust them, to help them when they get in trouble. Yes, catch them when they fall, but it's through those obstacles that they grow. The obstacle is the way. If there's no obstacle, <laughs> there is no growth, you know? Um, I also found that the story is scientifically wrong, actually. You know, once the butterfly decides to come out, it comes out in a couple of minutes. So this is just to illustrate the point, but also remember, don't just repeat anything you see on the internet. The, the story is not scientifically right. And in fact, the story, I found the story on the internet is always a man that's actually doing this 
with the butterfly. Never a woman. So now, thanks to this video, is the first time that the protagonist will be a woman. It was a woman in the backyard. <laughs> um, so, am I making any sense so far, Jason? Yeah. So this is a great story, and I'm cracking up because I feel like you know it's like the the helicopter parent uh, story. You yes. know, you, you got to let people struggle through a little bit and and let them realize their own strength. You know, and build those muscles and learn from. Uh, the things that they've they've you know been blocked by they've had different challenges so you know as always these are great stories uh the obstacle is the way as you were saying that's a book that's on my queue to, to read up here very soon here so um yeah yeah and and i didn't i didn't want to be the one who said that that your chrysalis was upside down so i'm glad that you pointed that out as well it's always you make lemonade out of lemons it's a reminder that life is not perfect we make mistakes but here's a, a call to action first yes being a manager is a little bit like being a parent so these things these things apply and uh, to parents as well call to action when you are struggling with something a situation instead of getting depressed ask yourself what muscles am I developing to become a better human, to do better next time? What type of freedom am I fighting for? Just like the butterfly is fighting for the freedom to fly, what type of freedom are you fighting for when you're struggling with something? Uh, it's a beautiful thing once you get that freedom and you will value it more because you have to work for it. So yeah. that's all for me today and I have more for you on Friday. All right. Well, thank you, Diego. That's great. You know, there's always lessons and all the challenges and the failures that we have. So it's great to be able to share those ideas and uh, just remind folks that, you know, that's that's just part of the growing process. So, all right, Anthony, I think we are time at time. And it's, uh, you know, the point of the day or point of the show where we start revisiting what happened today. Another great episode. Uh, so let's maybe bring in some of our guests here. Let's bring Kayla back in. Hey, Kayla. Hey, let me get so, in the center of the screen. Um. <laughs> so thanks again for, for sharing, uh, you know, the amazing tips and tricks around chat with us and all those approvals and all that kind of stuff. It's been a great, really great uh, segment uh, once again. Uh, who else should we bring in here? Let's uh, let's get Christopher in. Christopher, are you there? Hi, Christopher. I'm sitting here. Yes, and we've still got our team-powered uh, PC yeah. running things over there. So not to not to joke too much over there, but we know we're putting some strain on your on your machine, and that's a uh, that's part of the noise that we're hearing back there. So, but thank you for joining us. This has been really enlightening, and we're learning all kinds of stuff about sustainable software engineering. So, really appreciate you you know joining us today. Uh, and and is there any final final uh, you know parting words, Christopher, that you want to share with us before we say goodbye today? Uh, sure. If you want to uh, learn more about the Plastic Origin projects, uh, go over to plasticorigin.eu. Um, and if you want to learn more about sustainable software engineering, uh, we have uh, Microsoft Learn modules uh, that tells you all about the principles uh, behind this discipline. And I think you will be able to uh, get the links onto the show notes. Excellent. Excellent. And speaking of Microsoft Learn modules, let's bring in our, our other guest, our, uh, our good friend, Michael. Michael, how are you? And thank you for being here. Excellent. Thank you for having me as usual. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned throughout your segment, we've got all of the links to each one of those yes. Learn modules that you were talking about, I believe, in our show notes. Yeah. So be sure to go check those out. I'm going to go jump into them because I had no idea that we had ways, uh, uh, you know, the dashboards around error handling. That's a total game changer. Yeah. Uh, so really excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I would encourage others. I mean, take advantage of the learning paths that's already on Microsoft Learn. So if you go into the learning path, it's more of a guided learning, you know, step by step by step. And so once you complete that, there's also a bit of a gamification there to it. So you may uh, get some little badges and XP and all these things that the kids like nowadays. So yeah. cool, cool stuff. 
All right. And then let's also invite Diego back onto the screen. Hi, Diego. Hello. <laughs> Thank you again for another wisdom and or another uh, wis wisdomy story. Is that the right word I'm looking for? I don't know. I'm tongue twisted right now. But thank you for sharing your ideas. <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, like um, I love books. You know, I love books. I read a lot of books. I love concepts, ideas. But there are some things that only experience can teach you. So if you're a father, a mother, if you are a caretaker, if you're a manager of teams, your job is to expose your employees to the right set of experiences that will help them grow. Not experiences that are too difficult, but not experiences that are too easy. Just a wide variety and then help them through it. You know, you cannot teach some things. Only experience can teach some things. I'm 44 years old. I can tell you that it's true. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for all that, Diego. And before I forget, tomorrow uh, on Learn TV, there's going to be a really great event that's taking place. It's a global event. It actually kicks off uh, depending on what time you know, time zone you're in. It'll take off take off in the APAC region kind of later tonight for me. But it's all around Azure. We'll be talking about DevOps and GitHub. Uh, we'll have the the links in the show notes for that as well. And then. Uh, following immediately this show, we've got uh, Career Switcher Stories. So be sure to stay tuned for that on Learn TV. And then uh, what else do we have, uh, Anthony, before we say goodbye here? Let's ask for some well, feedback. I, I, love, I love the analysis, the, the inclusion of the chrysalis that the butterflies are in. That's, in essence, hello world. We are still in the chrysalis. We still want your feedback. What do you like about the show? What segments do you like? What do you want to see more of? Uh, let us know, and, and that's how we, you know, struggle to make sure that we produce the best show for you, our audience, uh, so that's something you can walk away with, and, and you know, you're, you're trying to learn something from the show, you want to gain, gain further resources from the show, we thrive on your feedback to grow. That's right. Okay, well, that's about all the time we got, so thank you again for joining us on Hello World, and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh,